G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When we're in the middle of life, in the middle of whatever trial or difficulty or hurdle happens to be confronting us this week, it's kind of hard to get our minds around the fact that God is this incredibly faithful and loving God. That's when we need to learn some things about God's past. I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we take a look at the faithfulness of God from a different perspective. We're chatting this week about the incredible Father Heart of God and there's a reason for that. Here's what I think. So many people are so busy living their lives that, well, you know, it's hard for us to connect with the amazing love of God. Amidst the clamour and the clanging of this world, we don't take the time to stop and listen to the gentle, strong heartbeat of God, a heart that beats for us. And this goes on so long that we actually forget that we can experience a deep, personal, intimate relationship with Him. But that's not the way it's meant to be. An intimate, real, personal relationship with God is open to each one of us, no matter how old or how young we are, no matter where we live, what the colour of our skin is, whether we're rich or poor, whether in the world's eyes or by the world's standards we're successful or a nobody. God is here for each one of us and he has this amazing Father's heart for each one of us. Now it's one thing for me to tell you that. It's one thing for you to hear it on radio or online or via a podcast. But when you hear that and you look at your own life, kind of easy to imagine that all this talk about God's incredible Father's heart, it's just that. It's talk. Not in my life. I've never experienced that. What's this joker on about? Good question. Good question. People talking about God and his love and all that stuff and thinking to myself, yeah, well, you know, what's that based on? Because all I ever saw of Christians were the grumpy old men they put on TV in the short eight-second grabs on the evening news, men who told us we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that. In fact, my overwhelming impression was that that here were a bunch of party poopers, people who seemed to be intent on telling us all the things we shouldn't be doing. And yet, when I looked at them, they didn't seem to be enjoying their life and they never actually, any of them, brought any joy into my life. Now, you might find that a little offensive, and maybe that perception wasn't entirely accurate, but that was my perception. And that perception is, in fact, what many people still have looking from the outside in. And so it kind of jarred with me, all this talk of God's love. I remember when I was a teenager, it was all the rage to have these brightly coloured, psychedelic Jesus loves you stickers on everything. It seemed to me that all this talk about God's love was... A recent fabrication. I knew that being a Christian, well, it was about religion and boring and interminably long church services. It was about following rules, about being austere and not having any fun. And I knew exactly what this Christianity was about. But it turns out that God, God isn't some recent invention and his love isn't just the fabrication of some recent PR campaign. Turns out that the father heart of God has been around for a long, long time for eons in human history. 
Jesus popularized the term my father. In fact, most often he actually said my dad in referring to God. That was radical and it was considered sacrilegious at the time. Back in the Old Testament days, people didn't even utter God's name, they so revered him. But interestingly, the words God and Father appear in the same sentence over and over and over again in the Old Testament. Just not in the same intimate way that Jesus used them. Instead, back in the Old Testament, it was God saying about himself, I am the God of your father. There was a time when Isaac, Abraham's son, was going through a bit of a rough trot. Genesis chapter 26. And that very night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you and make your offspring numerous for my servant Abraham's sake. I am the God of your father. Now, why did God say that? Why why did he make that claim of being the God of Isaac's father, Abraham? Why is God pointing backwards in history? Here's what I think. Because so often it's hard to believe in this mighty, amazing father heart of God in the midst of the maelstrom of our lives. So often, with all the stuff that's going on, with all that life's throwing at us, with business or loneliness or frustration or fear or whatever it is, it is so hard to believe that God is in this place with us. It is so hard to believe that God's great and mighty father heart beats for us. Ever felt that way? You know the theory. You know that God's supposed to be a father. You know what he's supposed to be like. You know what he's supposed to do, what he's supposed to show up. That's the theory. But the theory is such an incredibly long way away from the practical reality that we live out day by day when stuff's happening in our lives. And that's what was happening for Isaac around this time when God appeared. There was a great famine in the land. That meant that people were starving to death. Isaac wanted to flee down to Egypt, yet God called him to stay and he planted a crop in the ground despite the famine. And he went and he had to re-dig the wells that his father had dug years before because people had come along and filled them in. And so he slaved away at re-digging those wells, but masses of people came from all around to claim the water. So he'd dig another well, and that would cause arguments and contention. So he went and dug yet another well. And he was exhausted and dejected and frustrated. My hunch is, each one of us in our own way finds this story more than just a bit familiar. We know what it's like to live life like that. It's tough. It's demoralizing. And God comes along and says to this man in the middle of all this stuff, can you imagine re-digging wells over and over again in the middle of his pain and frustration and exhaustion? God says, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll bless you and make your offspring numerous for my servant, Abraham's sake. Now, why does God say that? Because Abraham made it through. Abraham had a tough life and he made it. No doubt, Abraham had sat around the campfires at night with young Isaac and told him the stories of God's faithfulness. Like when he'd been on his long journey that lasted a quarter of a century, the promise of land, impossible promises of a son, even when he and his wife were old and barren, about that night where he cried out to God in frustration, isolation and fear, the night when God showed up. Genesis chapter 15. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. 
But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. God brought Abraham outside and said, Look toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. How beautiful and tender and wondrous was God's love and God's faithfulness to Abraham. And that's what Isaac needed to know that night in his restless sleep. He needed to know deep in his heart that this God isn't some Johnny come lately. The love of God is real. It was real for his father and it was real for him. And it's real for you and me here and now. And when we're in that place... When you're in the place that Isaac was in, I want to encourage you to pick up the Bible and read about the God of your fathers, the God who's been faithful and loving down through the centuries in ways that completely blow us away. And when we read those stories in them, we'll hear the strong, gentle heartbeat, the sound of the mighty father heart of God. It's a concept born out of his father's heart. And let me tell you, when we get a handle on the incredible father heart of God, that changes everything. I mean, everything in our lives. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Incredible Father Heart of God. At the end of every chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you actually think through and apply this rubber-hits-the-road teaching right into the realities of your life. See, God's Word is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, the Holy Spirit will speak the powerful Word of God into your life, into your family, into your relationships. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.